This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. On thehorn.com. Okay, I got the right music. Don't worry. You're listening to the right podcast. This is On the Horn, the Hartford Online Radio Network, a a very interactive news discussion podcast. We rely on you to get the news. We get them from Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, On the Horn 500. Use the hashtag OTHquiz or OTHstory, whichever one. I search every week for it. Or you can always hit uh, hit us up on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash On the Horn 500. Hundred, did I say my name yet? My name is Brian Parker. I'm here with Carl G. Bloom. Hello, Carl G. Bloom. Hello. Hello. We're gonna hear from Eric the Blazman Blazinski in just a few minutes, but we want to say a special thank you to some folks who are paying the bills around here. Uh, bandwidth is uh, supplied by Amazon S3 Storage. Amazon S3 is storage on the internet. You can retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, secure, fast, inexpensive, and so easy to use that even I can do it. And actually, that's how the shows come to you. If you ever check out the uh, website, you can see that we have an S3 server that all these shows live on. So it's not just, you know, it's not just, you know, we're actually using it. And since you can hear the show, it obviously works. So check it out, uh, aws.amazon.com. Also, a uh, great accounting firm, but with Admire Jack, uh, Enterprise and Personal Accounting, and my travel man, Henry Rotniak, over at Sanditz Travel, S A N D I T Z dot com, Sanditz dot com, Sanditz Travel. Great place, especially for if you have a corporate ownership. That's really where you want. You know, if you have a bunch of plane tickets and stuff, right. they have this cool booking app. Um, that they have on their website. So whoever it is, some folks have a particular travel department. So up here in Connecticut, UConn uses them. So all the teams that fly around to the different venues to play sports, or I guess other things, but the sports thing is is the one I'm certain of. Um, They can go online and they can see what their budget is for the team and their travel and where they can stay and all that kind of stuff. He manages all of that. Wow, very nice. on uh, On the internet. It's really terrific. Very impressive. And then every once in a while, I call him up for a play. Can I get a plane ticket? I need a plane ticket to Florida. For one? <laughs> for one? <laughs> I'd like it to be round trip. I'm not sure if that's okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, fun stuff. Lots of uh, lots of Olympic coverage. Have you been watching the Olympics? I, I saw some of the uh, opening ceremony, which was spectacular. I thought the opening, you know, they were, I don't know if they were purposely downplaying it or whatever. I thought that was just perfect. I don't want any more out of the Olympic opening ceremony than the, just that. I think um, China was just crazy over the top. They did it great. I thought London was, <laughs> what is going on? Like London went so over the top that they sort of fell, kind of fell short. I, I didn't know what was going on in the London Olympics. People right. are flying in. They got, you know, helicopters. It's like uh, James Bond is jumping out of a helicopter. I remember like, that, the yeah. Then you got like Frodo in the island of Sodor or something. I don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> so I thought that was over the top. This was just perfect. That's right. I have young kids. I said the Isle of Sodor. Hi, Mr. Topham Hat. 
You're a useful engine. That's <laughs> <laughs> for all the parents out there. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that phase is over. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, you're just about to enter into oh, a new right, phase. Oh, that's right, I know. Oh, the God. cycle continues. The cycle continues. Well, you know, I'm impressed. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Carl G. Bloom. Oh, thank you. It is his uh, 68th birthday today. No, I'm I'm 28 He's again. 49 children <laughs> by 15 wives, and uh, it's really great. When, so, when I was a sultan. When you were I'm a sultan. no longer a sultan. I don't know if you knew this, folks out there, but uh, he's actually from Djibouti, <laughs> and he's the sultan of Djibouti. Well, until I was deposed. Yes. Was that you? What was that? Oh, yes. oh, wow. That is loud. Wow, and that's on mute, too. That's a, uh, a cell phone bringing buzz. <laughs> that scared me. Um, Yikes. So we're also going to hear from Blazman, who has some topics uh, for us. I think I got maybe to his first topic and then had to go do something else. So I don't know. I heard his comments from us last week, but I want to get your opinion on that as well. But also, he has done two date doctor shows with his wife, who is the date doctor, Jamie Blazinski. Um, you can check out their website, got5minutes.com. If you're single and in Virginia or or Connecticut, uh, you can go to one of their events. Or she does this cool, uh, what's the website? Match.com. Match.com, right? Oh, yeah. For the dating. dating site, yep. She'll do like a uh, a profile makeover for you. Oh, you know? very nice. So that, that's very cool. And let me tell you, I think there are plenty of people that could benefit from that just Based on the little I've seen, I think I'm. Really at, I missed it. I I missed out on that whole. Not that yeah. I'm complaining about right, it. I'm right. actually kind of happy I did. Uh, but I missed out on that. Although one of our friends, Karen, met that's her husband right. on, on that. So I don't really know how that works. I don't know. I just. I, I guess it there's a handful. It. You know, for some people that works. You know, it was so early on. Right. When we were, I mean, late, late '90s, early early 2000s, this stuff was just getting started. So. Oh yeah. Um, so check that out. They had some, so they did two episodes, one, uh, so six topics here. We're not going to go through all of them. Nudist colonies. Some gal is talking to a guy on a first date and she says, uh, he opens up to me and says he likes to go up to this nudist colony like once a year. Right. And I'm wondering if that's a, a sign of craziness and then a very <laughs> interesting discussion, whether it's, uh, you know, whether this is, a a, a gateway um, addiction to something <laughs> else. You know, first it's the nudist colony. Then, you know, hot wax, a sex swing, and a whip. You know, like bad things. But uh, it seems like they, they were they were okay with that. Um, they have this crazy rule that they, but they have mentioned a rubric, sex only on the third date. Don't, mm. don't do sex on the first date. And I was interested in your opinion. I think sex has become like the end all be all like the reward for the reason to date someone is no longer because sex is such an important part of when should I have sex with them or when should I try to have sex with her that seems to be the goal instead of developing a relationship and a you know an ongoing thing the dating is sort of centered around this event it's, of having it, sex it yeah, and, and I don't know. I think almost just the opposite. Get the sex with over now. You just have the sex, and now move on. Instead of wasting all this time in this 
in this BS preamble. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems like they're just casting a wider net yeah. by sleeping around, I guess. Uh, hugs and kisses on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can listen to these stories. She repeats boring stories. This is funny. This gal is repeating boring stories. Some guy writes in like, I don't know what's up with that. Is this should I date this gal or should I teach her? Blast man goes, ah, girly, she's an alcoholic. <laughs> I love it. That's what happens when they repeat the stories. That's what <laughs> that's what all those alcoholics do. They just repeat themselves over and over again. So I thought that was very funny. By the way. Uh, they had a funny thing about this woman who she keeps repeating the same story over and over again. And then Blaz says, oh, she's an... Al- oh. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, thanks for playing. Yeah, maybe she had some, like, uh, short-term memory loss or something. Could be. Yeah. Do you be- like getting voicemails? Do you still leave voicemails? I I detest leaving voicemails. Yeah. There's certain people that that is their go-to. I mean, they yeah. don't text. They just voicemail yeah um i do I not know. i don't leave voicemail it used to drive my wife crazy because i would call her and then not leave a voicemail <laughs> she would see like oh my god what's going on is there something with the kids i don't know i was like no i just wanted to talk to you for a second but you weren't there right and you know not that big a deal if and, it was a big deal i would text yeah you. certainly and when it comes to spouses i mean uh, missed call is as is as good if not better than a voicemail. I missed call is call me back. Right. That's exactly. all that means. It's kind of like I tried to get my mom to do this when I was a kid. She didn't go for it because she's too honest. But I used to call collect home to say I'm ready to get picked up. Oh, right. And she would uh, always accept the charges. And I would <laughs> say, Mom, just don't accept the charges. Just, you know, between you and me. When I call, say no. But you know that it's time to come right. get me. We could make out. It was only a dime back then. We could be saving a whole dime. <laughs> It's like, no, I'll yeah. just accept the charge. Well, she's a, she was a mom, and she was, she was thinking, a mom like, and what, she was... what if? What if? Yeah. What if he needs me? What if he needs me? No, yeah. I'm not going to say. I can't. I guess now that I think about it, that is tough. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll pay 10 cents to talk to my kid. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'll accept I appreciate the, uh, the, the, yeah. the savings effort. <laughs> You're a budding financial planner. Yeah. It is truly really terrific. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. So you have some quiz questions. I have some quiz questions. So we can kind of do it that way. Sure. Okay. Why don't you go first? Oh, okay. Or do you want well, me to go first? Well, I only have three. It's kind of a part. It's it's part of my bit. Okay. So. Oh, it's part of your story? Yes, indeed. Oh, okay. So. Well, let me just ask you. That. All right. So three questions are each worth 33%. Okay. All right. So this is big. You get one wrong. Yeah. You're down to 66. Yikes. And you, that's a D. This is like a Krupa pop quiz. That's right. So, uh, despite sanctions this past week, this country's food prices have fought inflation and have stayed dead steady, signaling great leadership. Who would that be? That'd be the Russian Federation. Oh, you know what I need to do? I need to get my little buzzer thing out because you are, because you are, because (laughs) you are, because you are. No, I'm right. I'm right. (laughs) You're not right. You're wrong. North Uh, Korea. Oh. North Korea, despite crazy sanctions, which mm. would normally economics would say drive up food prices, somehow he has gotten the things to uh, to remain the same. Mm. Which I'm not saying he's really a great leader, but I'm saying it's something. It's something. I think he's got some help from China. You think so? I don't know. That's that. uh, this golfer this past weekend 
in Hartford broke. Hey, hey, why don't you just whack the microphone like that? You said golf, and I had a little <laughs> palsy. <laughs> a, little, a mini stroke there. <laughs> so this golfer in Hartford this past weekend broke a PGA record for lowest 18-hole round. It was a 58. Who was it? Do you remember? I have it right Goodness. next to you. You live right here in Hartford County. I do, but... It's golf. Is that the uh, the formerly known GHO or Greater right. Hartford Open, now called the Travelers Championship? Which, by the way, I'm sorry to Travelers, everyone still calls it the GHO. <laughs> everyone still. Anyway, Jim Furick. Furick. Okay. Furick. There's only 18 holes in this round, right? It was minus 12. Wow. Minus 12 in one round. You know, I shot a 58. When I was in California, on nine holes. On nine holes. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I'm, I, I shoot a 58 every time I go out there. Of course, I'm on the 16th <laughs> green, but whatever. And this country's leader staged a massive rally to show how strong and resilient he was after an attempted coup oh. two weeks ago. Erdogan. 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 Uh. Erdogan. What the heck is Erdogan? See, this is, this is the problem. You with- got them all wrong. I just, no. I just want to point out. Wait, it wasn't Erdogan? It was Erdogan. Erdogan. So, I, wait. I get the... I got one. If I said, who is the uh, president of the United States, and you said, Osama bin Laden, I would have to give you the buzz, even though I know you just misspoke. Oh. All right, fine. <sighs> just give me something. Fine. It's only three. Do you want to do Eric's thing now, or do you want to do... Yeah, let's do Eric's. Okay, let's do Eric's. Here is Blasman talking to us. How's it going, gentlemen? All right, so first topic of discussion is the Olympics. Now, the Olympics is a kind of a pet peeve of mine. I personally don't think it should exist. I don't know who it benefits. Well, it doesn't benefit anyone except for the, uh, the International Olympic Committee. Let me just say this. I think watching the athletes compete, great fun... I love the fact that my uh, my oldest daughter is into watching the gymnastics. She's really mm-hmm. like, wow, she did really good. Like, it's adorable to watch these oh, yeah. kids watch, you know, I, I, the actual competitions, terrific. When it's a real competition. I, I think what, what they stand for, I mean, what the Olympics are at their fundamental most, I think is great. But it's, There was a funny, I can't remember who said said this but the president now whose name i can't remember oh failure of brazil who took over for the other gal in term um he goes you know the olympics are about us coming together as equals and celebrating that we're all the same And, and the comedian goes no that's actually just the opposite what the olympics is the olympics is we are going to compete against each other to see who the best is, not that right. we're equals, and then we're going to put them on little podiums, one being a little higher than the others, right. <laughs> to make sure that one, and then one gets a gold one, one gets a piece of crap bronze one. It's not equal. It's to see who's better. It's not about celebrating precisely, but uh, and maybe the Olympians. Some of the Olympian Olympians do very well, and I'll get into that in a minute. But first of all, you guys were talking about badminton. Now, badminton oh, is God. a very, very difficult sport. That little <laughs> shuttlecock, that's the oh. thing that you hit back and forth, goes 100 miles an hour when these guys oh. hit it. 
Now, to track and hit that thing back accurately at 100 miles an hour takes tremendous, tremendous skill. And you guys just kind of brushed that off. And I think that was a little bit rude. So well, well, I would uh, even just have I, I will apologize racing. on your behalf to all of the oh. badminton players in the United States. Well, oh, yeah, all those badminton players with the rinky-dink $5 nets in their backyard. All those badminton players. And I think we we were pretty clear. Um, it wasn't about the degree of skill. It was about the watchability. It was about the... Everything is hard. Everything has a sure. particular amount of skill that if you take it to an Olympic extreme, could be hard to just hard to duplicate like rhythmic gymnastics i am in awe however i don't find i find that to be dancing and not look what did i say last week it is very hard to stand in the back of the room crumple up a piece of paper and throw it into a trash can if you take this to an olympic level all right but should that be an olympic sport now just because it's hard i don't know well, around the world, actually, I think like the Japanese are the best badminton players, and uh, and I don't know why. Either way, all of these should be eliminated from the Olympics because the Olympics should be eliminated. It's the greatest exploitation of people since since uh, American slavery. So why do I say this? Well, <laughs> what? I'm just gonna okay. I'm just gonna give you some numbers here. Eric, Eric, the hyperbole blast man. <laughs> I do not agree with that statement. Anyway, let's move on. So on, uh, let's see, it is Marketplace. Marketplace is that NPR show that talks about uh, all kinds of numbers and money and all that good stuff. $1.2 billion is what NBC Universal paid for the rights to broadcast the Olympics in Rio. $1.2 billion. So who do they pay that to? They pay that to the Olympic Committee, International Olympic Committee. What do they do with the money? God only knows because they're not helping out the athletes. The athletes have to find their own way. So I think it's the Nigerian soccer team, maybe it's the Nigerian female soccer team, does not have money to get to the Olympics. They, they qualified to be in the Olympics, but they don't have money to get there. So it's not clear whether or not they'll actually be able to, to get there. So $1.2 billion. What could it cost them to fly, let's say it's 30 people, from Nigeria to Rio? I mean, what is it? $100,000? I mean, you're making $1.2 billion. You'd think they'd be able to do it. So I'd like someone to do a study, maybe the marketplace guys or something. Let's study what happens to that $1.2 billion. Who takes that money? It's it's really pretty unbelievable how much money they make. Now, do they give any money to the athletes? Uh, as far as I can tell, the answer is no. The athletes get money from their home countries. Some of them do, not all of them. But in the United States, you get 25000 for a gold medal. You get 15000 for a silver. And you get 10000 for a bronze. And this has been that way for the last three or four Olympics where we've been doling out, uh, doling out that kind of money. So, you know, you got, got a guy who's winning um, five gold medals. I don't know this to be true, but you have to imagine that then the federal government says, and we'll tax that. Oh, yeah, right. Like, come on, really? You're Then it's really, you're only giving me this much. So, and, and, you know, again, like we were saying last week, it doesn't seem fair that the gold and five meter air rifle should get 25,000 just like the weightlifter who lifts 
you know, half a bus over his head. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I guess, a whole... Well, some is more skill, some is more brute strength. Uh, okay. But, I mean, the effort, I think the overall athleticism, I, I guess. Yes, I guess no. you're right. There's a There's a portion of the Olympics that is supposed to celebrate the physical acumen and not necessarily the mental acumen. Right. So I can get that because the the air rifle and shooting is not so much physical as like physical strength and, and ability and talent as it is mental focus. And so that that would be that is a very interesting way to think about why certain things should not be in the Olympics if things take too much mental focus as opposed to showing off a physical prowess. Interesting. Hmm. He's doing all right. He's making one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars at those Olympic games. That's pretty good. Plus, he's got all those gold, all those uh, hunks of gold. I don't know if those are actually made of solid gold. I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. It's probably because uh, those would be. I would imagine several ounces worth so well over twenty five thousand. I'm sure or something. So they have to pay their own way or get corporate sponsors to send them to the Olympics. Now, many of the U.S. Olympians have these corporate sponsors, but as I was saying earlier, other countries don't have these corporate sponsors, and someone has to pay the way. And in many cases, it's the actual Olympian that has to pay their own way. And I think that's the case also for Olympians in the United States. I, I did just look it up. The Olympic gold medals are actually sterling silver. Think of nice flatware at your house, a nice fork or knife. And that has been plated with, for instance, solid gold. So now we know. It's not even real gold, not even full gold. So we were talking earlier also about the 12, or how much money it costs. It's going to cost $20 billion dollars for Brazil to hold these games. Now, they are not going to get $12 billion in revenue. I don't care what you do. There's not, a, there's not an amount of hotel tax that you can charge that's, going to, that's huh. going to make up for $20 billion that you've spent on this. So they spent massive amounts of money on infrastructure. For what? And I read an article a few weeks ago, and I think I even said it on one of these shows, or I highlighted it on one of these shows, that people are struggling in this country. This isn't a rich country. People are struggling. People need medicine. So there, there were, there's medicines that the government provides for people that the government is no longer providing because they're completely broke and they can't spend the money on the medicines. So, But they, they can spend $20 billion to host some stupid Olympic Games. I don't know why anybody would want this. What, what do you think about this? If it if it's twenty, I have no idea if these are the right numbers. But let's say it is twenty billion to host the Olympic Games. I don't know if there there is certainly going to be real revenue to be generated. I would think. And then the world is focused on Brazil for you know what is it, fifteen days or whatever it is, or twenty days, sixteen, yeah, whatever it is. I mean that's a that's advertising. Yeah, you know that's. And I think that's precisely native advertising for the entire. And, and you almost, you almost have to kind of figure. All right, well, we'll we'll suck it up because it's going to be great for us. What I think people miss out on is taking advantage of that. The Sochi Olympics, Winter Olympics, in Russia, right. not very good. All it really did was say Sochi. It apparently is made of matchsticks and cardboard boxes. Don't go there, because <laughs> they really just built some town. Yeah. And that was not good. Rio's and Rio's a spot. 
and then Rio, it didn't you snow. go. <laughs> yeah, then it didn't snow and all that kind of stuff. So Rio is, is yeah, a spot to go. It's for yeah, they're doing it for. You need some real places to development. go. Development. Yeah. yeah, that was the problem with Sochi. Is that it's not like a real place. Right. This was in the United States. I would be, I would be angry that my tax money is going to to fund this sort of thing. Now, these are the games that they tried to have in Chicago, and Obama met with the uh, Olympic people and thought he could just run them over and get this approved to to have in Chicago. I think it was. But uh, they chose Rio instead, and I'm glad they chose Rio. And, um, you know, I guess this is a time where I can say thanks, Obama, and actually mean it. So from my perspective, they need to get rid of these games. Now, I did find one infographic, and this infographic is showing what becomes of Olympians when they're done being Olympians. Oh. And let's see, the, a bunch of them become actors. Now, I don't really know if that, you know, how true that is. It's, saying, it's showing me two... Four. It's showing me four here, including Ryan Lotke, who's a swimmer, and it said that he was on 90210 and uh, and 30 Rock. I don't know. So <clears throat> another is uh, become a reality TV star, and they're citing uh, Bruce Jenner as the reality TV star. So that's a possible. Now, I don't know how you can take these one-offs and really say that this is what you become. But my favorite here is Susie Favor Hamilton, who was a runner. Three-time Olympian. And I'm wondering if you guys can guess what this lady does. Can you guess what she does? Susie. Sell running shoes? Sell running shoes. My first thought is she works at Home Depot. Because <laughs> Home Depot seems to be... You know what? I actually haven't seen any Home Depot commercials. I wonder if they gave up on supporting the Olympians. You know, I don't know her, so shes I don't think she's in the public eye. She's a runner. School teacher, maybe? School teacher. She's a runner. So she's not like a supermodel, probably. Well... <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense, right? I don't know. I, I think she's some sort of entrepreneur. Entrepreneur? That's my guess. Yeah. I'm going to say school teacher. She is a prostitute. <laughs> so <this> is... <laughs> we were both so close. <laughs> so very close. Okay. We did not get that one correct. Well, actually, wait. I, I'm sure she's not working some corner. I bet you she's in Nevada or somewhere What's sanctioned. Here? Become a call girl. So three-time Olympian. Susie Favor Hamilton says that depression pushed her into prostitution. I wonder oh, if she's depressed maybe I was wrong. because uh, she can't make any money because she spent all of it becoming an Olympian. So there's my take huh. on the Olympics. Oh, Move her birthday's to today. Topic. Are you kidding me? She has a birthday with you? in this yep. experiment. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. <laughs> is she really? Happy birthday, Is this Susie? true? Because from <laughs> she's competed in looks like three olympics the page turned before i could oh, read she it has a, she has a website three-time yeah. olympian and she doesn't look like mental health are you sure this is now if she was then she bio i mean you escorts, know yeah she was an escort well where what oh, says that scroll down to the second to last paragraph susie Past slipped further escorts. into darkness and was eventually misdiagnosed with depression huh? the prescribed drug made her High, too high, in fact, and soon she was trying to make up for all that she had missed in life to an extreme. She was one of the top escorts in Las Vegas and the world. Wow. And this is on her um, it's on her website. Yeah. So I well, think she's a she's, mental health advocate now. So Now she's a mental health advocate. So in fairness to Susie Favor Hamilton, she's now turned her life around. Okay. 
Good for her. Where I'm not going on Facebook for seven days. I'm not reading any internet news for seven days. And I'm not watching. That should make next week's show pretty terrible. Oh <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is he going to talk about next week? We'll do a any piece. Uh, news television like CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or CNBC or any of that for one full week. The only thing I'm doing is reading the New York Times. Oh, and I just want right. to see how this affects my, <laughs> I don't know, affects my outlook. It affects my opinions of things. So this as, could be a raging liberal next week. <laughs> that'd be so fun. You know, I'll know, come I up with that. a full report when I'm done with this experiment. But okay. so far, uh, the New York Times extremely biased towards um, towards Hillary Clinton. And, you know, like for today, for instance, today is Saturday. Today, there were four articles on the first between page page one and page 10 that were very negative on Donald Trump. And then on page A11, they had a negative um, a negative article about Hillary Clinton. And I just found it found it astonishing. OK, so here's my first story. Flossing may be overrated. So for decades, the federal government, not to mention your dentist, has insisted that daily flossing is necessary to prevent cavities and gums so diseased that your teeth will fall out. Well, it turns out that flossing may be overrated. So this article goes on to say that a review of 12 randomized controlled trials published in the Cochrane Database of Systemic Review, Systematic Reviews in 2011 found only very unreliable evidence that flossing might reduce plaque after one in three months. Researchers could not find any studies on the effectiveness of flossing combined, combined with brushing for cavity prevention. Huh. So there you go. Flossing, totally overrated. Apparently, it doesn't work. And so, <laughs> Is it me or does Eric sound a little bit like Trump when he says that? Apparently, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't, flossing, completely overrated. Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I want a little more evidence. Thanks. I'll tell you, you know what I think is why flossing is good? Because I am extremely careful about what I eat for the rest of the day. <laughs> right? <laughs> I really am. I, fl I love flossing and then doing and I do the mouthwash right after. Uh -huh. Do you do the mouthwash? I do. Do you do Scope or Listerine or no, what do you use? Actually, I got this stuff from work. It's uh, called Aramir. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like I, I like the Listerine because I like the pain. You know, I like the I, pain. I just there is something. There. I don't know what it is. It's like a uh, you know what it is. It's a sports massage for my gums. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a chemical massage <laughs> of the gums. You know, when it comes to like eating wings or steak or anything like that, how could you not yeah. floss? Yeah, corn I mean, on the cob. Goodness. Even right, just, even just popcorn, actually popcorn. Oh, especially popcorn. Oh, my buddy Todd Moskowitz. We should just go through all these people have birthdays today. Uh what is it? Susie Hamilton. Yep, Susie Favor Hamilton. Susie Favor Hamilton. You and the Olympic uh, prostitute, <laughs> <laughs> Paul Tech. Whoever that is, he's uh, one of our uh, listeners. Bill Hillman. Oh, I know Bill Hillman. Uh, Todd Moskowitz, one of my old radio buddies, uh, has a birthday today. Ridvik. Ridvik. Uh, Pura. Went to uh, college with him. 
And Richard Dante, I don't know who you are. Uh, Tamantano. Uh, Jeff Barger. Rose Porto. Oh, yeah, Neil Leary. I remember you. Neil had same, Leary. I remember you had my birthday, but Jeez, he was a year you went to older. high school with him. Yep. Uh, Mark Rosiano and whoever that is, uh, Chen Maggie. All uh, all folks who joined our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on the horn. We should probably get back to Eric. Sure. Let me give you my uh, my dentist story. <clears throat> so maybe from 1990, let's say four, 94 to like maybe, maybe 2004, um, I purchased insurance that was like very, very minimal. So I would pay like it was maybe three or four hundred dollars a year so that if something catastrophic happened to me, um, it would uh, it would be covered. So I didn't go to the dentist. I mean, I brushed my teeth a couple times a day. Every single day. Took pretty good care of my teeth. Um, flossed once in a while. Then I went back to the dentist in 2004. And the dentist said, oh, everything looks great. <clears throat> Took x-rays and everything, which I'm opposed to. I don't think they need to take all those dental x-rays. I think largely dentistry is a scam. I think that there are some great things about dentistry, and our dental health has vastly improved over the last 100 years. But much of this stuff is complete crap. Um, the same guy sold me a... Uh, um, what do you call it? A night guard because I was grinding my teeth. Well, I've already ground my two... I don't know, what do you call those, canines or incisors or something? Um, I've already ground those down. So, I mean, what, I, I can't grind anymore. But I purchased thing, this thing anyway for $400. I can't believe it. Woo! $400, that's a but lot. But anyway, everything looked great. They did the cleaning, everything. Have you ever had those night guards? No. Nobody I had heard. them because I, you know, stressed grinding the teeth, which makes a horrible noise. But... um. $400, that's a lot. I mean, you can just go get, all it is is the mouth guards for sports mouth guards. Right. You, you dip in the boiling water and you're throwing your mouth. That's all it is. 400, I mean, those are like 12 bucks. So yeah, if that's $400, I, I think they saw you coming there, Blasman. <laughs> Six months later, I go back to the dentist for my, my regularly scheduled cleaning and I've got like four cavities. It was unbelievable. So anyway, I think that uh, largely this dentistry stuff is a little bit off. And uh, flossing, eh, turns out it's overrated. Okay. I've been reading the New York Times, and <laughs> there was an article this past week, I think it was on Wednesday, where uh, it's talking about the Muslims in, um, in the military and how their faith is accepted um, you know, they don't feel like they're being ostracized. The 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 Muslims in the U.S. military feel like they're accepted. So it starts out. This article starts out when Donald J. Trump said last fall that he would consider making Muslims in the United States carry special identification cards. Taib Rashid reached into his wallet and pulled out his military ID and then posted a picture of it online. So I looked for this. I thought, wow, I don't remember. Trump ever saying this. So I searched for this. Now, if someone can find it, 
Like that would be really great. I would like to see that because that would be a bit uh, crazy and inflammatory. Not that he hasn't said other crazy inflammatory stuff. So it is entirely possible. Um, I just can't find it. So I will read to you what he did say in what I think is the interview that they're talking about. He says, I want a database for the refugees, Trump said. We have no idea who these people are. When the Syrian refugees are going to start pouring into this country, we don't know if they are ISIS. We don't know if it's a Trojan horse. And I definitely want a database and other checks and balances. Now, honestly, I think that this is a reasonable thing to do. Like you see what's happened in, in Germany where they didn't document like 80% of the people that have come in there. They don't have any idea. And, uh, and now they're starting to see different terror attacks there. I don't know if they're related, but I, you know, and one of those German attacks was by a German citizen, you know, a crazy German citizen. So, you know, when you actually think about it, if there were, like, let's say there's a million, let's say they brought a million refugees into Germany. And you see like one or two attacks. I mean, there's really not that much. Although I think rape is on the rise and rape is a big problem there where the uh, where the, the refugees are, are raping women at some sort of alarming rate over there. At least that's the perception that I've gotten from uh, from some of the media. I don't have any hard numbers on that right now. So, I mean, this is just one example where I think I can't find evidence that the... Um, that the New York Times is telling the truth here. It's a little bit skewed. And um, I have another one of these examples. In an article about uh, Hillary and this short circuit thing that she said where, I don't know, man. She said that uh, when she was in an interview with Chris Wallace and she was clearly lying in the interview with Chris Wallace. And in the uh, the New York Times where they're talking about this, it says... um, it says, this answer did not satisfy Republicans. So this is how the New York Times says that Hillary lies. Hillary's telling a lie. They're putting it, they're putting it on Republicans saying that this answer did not satisfy Republicans. They're just ridiculously silly and uh, completely biased. Not completely, but largely biased on the part of the New York Times. All right, there you go, guys. Talk to you later. Okay, let's get to our stories. Thank you, Eric. And you, why don't you go first on yours, since yours was the big tease about <laughs> uh, the, uh, some kind of some kind of quiz for me. Well, I worked a quiz into uh, into my stories. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about hear a lot about uh, make America great again and America first and all this jazz. So I thought, you know, what are the Donald Trump thing? Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. And there's a there's a number of freedom indices actually that quantify exactly how free or or not a nation is. Okay. So the first the first index I read about was the Democracy Index, and it's published by the Economist Intelligence Unit, you know, from the Economist, the magazine. Right. So I was wondering, what do you think the U.S. ranks? Worldwide, in terms of democracy, as far as what the I don't know. I don't know what you like. Isn't that a yes or no? Are they a democracy? Or are they not a democracy? No. Where where would you think we are ranked? 
ranked as like what what are you asking i i would say we are ranked yes we're ranked in the yes category well it's we're a democracy it is a it is a scale a scale so, of what okay so the first one of how 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 democratic we are exactly so the first okay the first category is the electoral process second is functioning of the government third per, political participation fourth political culture and fifth civil liberties okay so if like everything that the government did was put up to a referendum vote, then that would be very, very high on the democratic scale because it would just be, everyone would be in on every decision. Is that right? I suppose that would be a pure democracy. Yeah, okay. Direct democracy. So what's my scale? Like one to 10? Well, this the, 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 democ the democracy index yeah. ranks every nation in the okay. world. Yeah. One through 100, what, 67, I guess. Okay. And so out of, so you want me to rank one through 167 where we are? Yeah. All right, I'll say uh, 10. Uh, actually, it's 20. <laughs> <laughs> what the, what's going on here? Sorry, well, so we're 20. The, the pause screws everything up. We are the 20th. Okay. Right behind Uruguay and right ahead of Italy. Great. Where we are really falling behind is in our uh, so why functionality right of our way? government. Our functionality of government and political participation rank fairly lowly. Political participation, I would, I would imagine, yes, because I think only like a third of the people, or maybe less. Let's see. There's like 60 million people that vote or something like that out of 350-ish. 300 right of those probably half are eligible so okay so okay so of eligible voters yeah i, I would guess we're probably what about, about a third of the people between vote? a third and a half i think yeah i i don't even think it's a half let's let's find well, out i mean i know it's far less than a half but it, i i'm sure it's more than a third let's find that eight voter turnout in 2000 i put 2008 oh, handy dandy graph oh yeah let's just look at the graph here Oh, 2008. No, we did great. We did uh, right about 60%, maybe wow. a little better than 60%. That's terrific. So this is voter turnout. We can see from 19, or I'm sorry, from 1824 through 2008. And it looks like it is just, it's just marked every presidential election year. It's not, it's not the midterms. Right. So about just above or maybe just below 60% in 1828 and then from what is that 1840 is that what that is yeah uh through 1896 super high uh 80% turnout and then it seems to have dipped down um to kind of a bar of just above 50% Two years in the 1920s, 1924, it dipped uh, well below 50%. And then it's kind of been like 50 to 65%, somewhere in that band. So it has certainly been increasing. Uh, 1980s, it was just below 55%. Through 88, it was right at 55, it looks like. Um, dips down again. And then in 2000, it goes up above 55%. 2004 above that and 2008 
uh, almost, uh, I would call it, what, 62, 63%, somewhere in there. So that's pretty good. That's more than we thought. Pretty fair showing. Yeah. And that and that ranks us poorly, though. Well, let's see some of the some of the country. Well, number one, Norway, yeah, Norway, followed by Iceland, Sweden, New Zealand, Denmark, Switzerland. Okay, so you've got all of Scandinavia. But there. these are also tremendously tiny countries. Sure. Then we've got Canada, Finland, Australia. Australia. How big? How big is Australia? They're number nine. Okay. Well, what do you know? What their voter turnout is. Their, well, the score they got on their political participation yeah. was marginally better than ours. Okay. But they score very well in terms of their electoral process and pluralism and their civil liberties. So that's what bumps them up. Okay, good. After Australia, we have the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Ireland, Germany coming in at 13th, Austria, Malta, United Kingdom... Number 16, our former... Masters? Well, yeah, you could say that. Are more democratic than we are. Spain, number 17. Yeah. I wonder what, I wonder why that is. I mean, it's probably because they have more political parties. I'm not really sure from, I mean, from the numerical data, it's hard to say. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is that we vote for people, and they vote for parties. So... The, you know, they don't vote for the prime minister. It's whatever party gets the most folks in uh, the House of Commons, that person becomes the prime minister. Gotcha. Makes sense. Which is, have, which is not very democratic in my mind. They actually have a, a far more abysmal political participation than we do. Interesting. According to The Economist. Okay. Okay, so good. So that's what, what's your next quiz question? Let's see. Let's go to the World Index of Moral Freedom. The World Index of Moral Freedom. Yes, this is published by the Foundation for the Advancement of Liberty in Madrid. And okay. They just came out in uh, April of this year. And it considers basically five categories. One, religious freedom. Two, bio, bioethical freedom. Bioethical Freedom. I have no idea what that means. Uh, like abortion. Oh, for okay. example. Uh, drugs freedom, like the legalization of cannabis and their the penalties for hard drug use. What about uh, cocaine? Yeah, that would be hard drug use. Okay. But but the penalties for the users, not the distribution. Okay. Penalties for users. Number four is sexual freedom. Okay, meaning I don't know what that has to do with a country, but okay. No, it's it's about the moral the moral freedom. Okay, and so out of one sixty seven, well, the where fifth is family and gender freedom. Okay, so one sixty seven, I would say we're I'm gonna go with ten again. I like ten. We're actually seventh. Seventh, great. We're fairly. Uh, I think I'm close on all these. I don't think I'm too far off. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, 10, I mean, 20, I would give whatever. you, I would give you credit. Good. Yeah. Let's go to the CIRI Human Rights Data Project. The CR... CIR... CIRI. CIRI. The Kirk it stands for Singranelli Richards Human Rights Data Project. Okay. And what does that measure? Well, the last data was 2011, and it uh, takes into consideration 
no, sorry, the independence of the judiciary, political imprisonment, torture, women's rights, empowerment rights index, which is freedoms of religion, speech, etc. Okay. I I don't really know. I don't um we're pretty free here. I'm going to go with 10 again. Our human rights are not that great apparently. We're 38th in 2011. Well, 38 out of 167, that's not But horrendous. that puts that puts basically every other industrialized nation ahead of us in terms of human rights. Yeah. I don't know. That seems a little unusual. I think a big something uh that definitely sways that towards the bottom or the yeah. second tier would be our incarceration rates. Yeah. So I think some of that's coming getting better, but yeah, I so think per, the yeah, the, the the small amounts of marijuana right and minimum the sentences petty, yeah, petty yeah. crimes. I just for comparison, I uh have some incarceration rates. So per 100,000 population, Cuba 510. China only 118. Hmm. Russia 445. North Korea is estimated between 600 and 800. So it's hard hard to tell. So the China one is the most interesting one so far. Cuba, I mean, how do you trust those numbers? So you don't really know. Well, you wouldn't. Cuba's know. fairly open compared to how they used to be. Iran, two hundred ninety. The United States, six hundred ninety-eight. Yeah, and that's just because we whack people with this little petty stuff. So really, uh, it's only North Korea and uh, the tiny island nation of Seychelles who have a higher incarceration rate than we do. What about like the Philippines, though? You oh, they're. You, you spin a, oh yeah, no, a Singapore 300s. I'm thinking of. Singapore. I don't think Singapore was all that high, really. You, you know, if you don't wrap up your uh, chewing gum before you throw it in the <laughs> trash, they throw you in jail or well, cane you. Yeah, they may cane you, but I don't think they'd incarcerate you. Well, would you rather spend five <laughs> days in jails or get whacked with a stick? You know, if I had the option, yes. Definitely. I'd, I'd hang out for five days. How about that Thank kid you. who got busted for the vandalism back in? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was like, you are really going to cane him? Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Oh, but he turned out to be a real punk. I'm he, sure he was, but still. Okay, Singapore, 220. 220. All right. So, yeah, but we, again, that makes up for it. Is, but we're, gonna, we're not going to put you in jail. We're just going to beat you up a little bit. <laughs> State-sanctioned bullying. But yeah, China, China really impressed. I mean, that was China very impressive. Me. I don't know. Can I trust the numbers in China? I don't know. Okay, lastly, and this was the most shocking to me, so let's see what you think. The uh, World Press Freedom Index. How how free the the world press, is. press freedom index. Yeah. Um I would say based on what we see here, I think our our I think we're number 1. Hardly. We've I, never been number 1 in, in the entire time that they've I think we're number 1 and I don't I don't care what that thing says. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, I mean the uh, the methodology. Is- so so England government runs most of the newspapers in the UK. China completely state controlled media. Russia completely state controlled media. I mean, what the hell are they thinking? Well, they're definitely uh, they're definitely behind us. It's put out by Reporters Without Borders, and they they interview or they send out reporters a survey. Reporters Without Borders. Self censorship is considered as well. All right, let me just tell you who's been number one since 2009 is Finland. They have the most press freedom. You know, you can't, this is the problem with these things. There's no perspective. You can't really compare the United States and 
Finland or China and Seychelles. Because, you know, there's what, five million people in Finland? You know, Probably. Yeah, okay. So it's way easier if you're running a government to manage the freedoms of the press of five million people. When you get to a critical mass, you have to protect yourself against the idiots out there. Okay, is, uh, would Canada be roughly comparable? Yes. All right, they are 18th. 18th. Well, what number are we? I already forgot. I didn't tell you yet. Oh, okay. What are we? I'm just telling you Germany's 16. Okay. So given those numbers, given those. Germany's certainly smaller, but way more comparable. So United, United Kingdom is 38th. Not, okay. And what are we? 41st. Out of six, uh, 167 or whatever. Yeah. All right. That's, you know, that's tough to imagine. I think it's abysmal. It's so shocking that I think that there's got to be a, I don't think this is honest. Honest? Yeah. I, I think this I is know. probably something, I think this reporters without borders thing is some it kind is, of activism well, it's uh, going to be with saying we're going to make the U.S. look terrible because when you if if you really look at what the press in the United States has the freedom to do, we have the freedom to do anything, anything. But we you don't take advantage do of it. We don't take full that advantage doesn't matter. Of it. Yes, self censorship is considered in these in the questionnaire. What do you mean self censorship? I th- I think there's a lot of self censorship in the U.S. But that doesn't that doesn't take away your freedom. But there's also how much you know corporate uh, influence. You're telling me because because I didn't because I did or did not censor myself, and I have the freedom to do that because I didn't do it one way or the other based upon. Well, it's why are you reporters without borders? Uh, what they would have done? Then that means you're going to ding me for not having the freedom. I'm glad we disagree completely. <laughs> you know the Olympics are on right now. And I like watching the Olympics just for the pure sport and athleticism of these folks. I think it is an amazing feat. The whole debate about whether or not people are on steroids is a downer for these kind of games. But I still like watching it, and I still like watching people compete. I don't necessarily need the commentators adding drama where there isn't, but I appreciate when they do set up the drama where it's appropriate. What I don't appreciate is this bizarre reverse sexism that is going on in the Olympics. And it has it started immediately, even before the events showing up or any any of the, uh, the men's events showing up, the female reporters and even some of the male reporters are brutal when they speak about the bodies of the athletes and not just in a, well, that's an impressive physique he has. They are full on sexual innuendo and it makes me sick. My God, if anyone spoke about a female athlete this way, they would immediately get fired. Here is the opening ceremony. This guy, he's from Tonga, and he's carrying the uh, the Tonganese flag in for the opening ceremonies, as all, all of them do. He happens to be bare-chested. He's a Taekwondo uh, Olympian, and it looks like he's really oiled down for whatever 
the reason is I think it's oiled down or maybe it was just crazy hot there. I, I can't quite tell. And people are fawning over him to a disgusting level. We've done a little montage here. Have a listen. All eyes went straight to what people are calling a Mr. Tonga. The boy from Tonga. The beefcake <laughs> who stole the show. Yes, I said beefcake. A whole bunch of oil, glistening body. Oh, look at that. He's hot. I mean, just body oil. <laughs> he was, I can't take it. I can't take it. I mean, he's tuned up right there. Just in case anybody cares, he actually is an athlete that competes in Taekwondo. So, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think anybody's asking about that. <laughs> Stretching the story out just to keep that shot up there. Oh, Our producer wants to scoot us along, but you know what? Five more seconds in heaven. You got to give the people what they want. And by people, I mean me. Can we look at that shot again? No. I got to go to Tonga. <laughs> so this is from NBC, okay? These NBC folks covering the Olympics, and they're all, and they've replayed it and replayed it. The opening ceremonies are over. They still replay it. They still replay it. It is horrible. Listen, you know, I don't know if you want to, if we should play it again or not, but I almost want to say, listen to it while thinking, what if this was a female swimmer that was coming out in her swim trunks? So it never happened. My jaw is dropping. And he got, you know, that, uh, what's that lady's name? Hoda, who's a, what's it? Hoda. Is Hoda. It, uh, from NBC. She's down there with Matt Lauer and stuff. I mean, it is, she wants to take the guy into her bedroom. I mean, I, I could not even believe the things that I'm hearing here. And I'm just wondering why that's okay. Why that is okay on national television. By the way, my daughter, who was four years old, is watching this at like, Dinner time. And these people are just fawning over this guy. He look, he's a good looking man, great physique. Yeah, you know, carrying the flag, he's bare chested. I get it. But you know what? Good for him. You know, he's out there doing it. But you don't make that kind of sexy references constantly. It was disgusting to me. And it was probably the first time that I ever felt, I, I guess the first time I ever felt real sexism unlike all the women out there who probably feel sexism every single day. Right. And I think to have these folks act like that, what hurts the most is I know that it cheapens the real sexism that goes on with the with the disgusting men who are ogling women right. on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 the only difference I see is that this is permissible. It's a, it's a male body and we can say in whatever it is we want whereas in regards to female bodies we have to whisper it between amongst ourselves yeah so let's keep an eye out for when this guy from tango is competed in taekwondo and listen to how he is constantly sexually harassed by nbc this is assuming that he he makes it into the uh the medals i would bet even if he doesn't I bet you they do special coverage strictly for the opportunity to sexually harass him over the air. That's my bet. I wouldn't bet against you. Thanks so much for joining us. This is On The Horn. You can check us out. On The Horn 500 is our Twitter handle. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash On The Horn 500. On The Horn is a production of the Hartford Online Radio Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.